I want to be strong, to have the flexibility and confidence to play soccer with my kids or volleyball on the beach. I want to feel energetic and spontaneous with my husband. I want my body to feel the freedom to move and enjoy life, to hike Yosemite, surf in Hawaii, bike to the beach, to have fun with friends and not be limited. I want to do things that love my body, to feel and experience all the sensations of life. I want my body to be a force in nature that overcomes difficulty and resistance. I believe in health and wellness and daily consistent exercise. Welcome to the Balanced by Beth podcast. I'm thrilled to have Stephanie Levens here with me. She is a dear friend and sister, and I have known her since our boys were in first grade, and now they're in high school. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Beth. I'm so happy to have you here. It's good to be here. Your story inspires me Hmm. to live well, to be healthy and strong. You've taught me some amazing things throughout the years. And I'm really happy to have you here. Well, thank you. Yes. Stephanie is a marriage and family therapist specializing in couples work using the restoration therapy model. She owns a private practice in La Cañada, and she's here to talk about the restoration therapy model, moving from pain to peace. Yes. So tell me, Stephanie, how did you become a marriage and family therapist? What? What brought you to that? Well, it's my third career, but it is the result of a funneling of all the things that I'm interested in and feel passionate about. But I think I really made the choice to go to grad school and become a marriage family therapist after two things happened. I had two children of my own, and I was also diagnosed with heart disease, um, kind of a degenerative, lifelong illness. And it focused me enough to realize that time is short Mm -hmm. and I want to be doing something that's meaningful Mm -hmm. and helps other people every day. Mm -hmm. So what do you specialize in in your practice? I work with individuals and couples, um, particularly uh, one of my specialties is working with kind of volatile couples. So couples Mm. who've um, kind of hit the end of the road in their relationship and can't find their way back to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, the louder the fighting and the more (laughs) angry they are at each other, the more I kind of like it. Yeah, I (laughs) can see that you're really good at that. (laughs) That's um, great. Yeah. So what types of, just so we get an idea, what types of issues would you say you work with for for people? Well, um, anxiety, depression, panic disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have done some work with people with some OCD tendencies, but... A lot of the work I do is relational. Mm-hmm. It's regular people like you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, maybe they have a, a, a diagnosable um, um, illness that they're dealing with. Maybe they don't, but they're struggling to connect with one another. Mm-hmm. And what's keeping them from being able to connect with one another is that they get trapped in this cycle of pain. Mm and emotional pain, Mm -hmm. um, threats to their sense of self as being lovable or safe. That threat is so huge that they cope by reacting in ways that 
don't bring their partner closer to them, but actually push their partner away. Mm. So tell me about the restoration therapy. What is it? The model? The model. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's a big question. Is it? Yeah, well, <laughs> okay. uh, I, there's lots of ways I could go with that. So um, I went to school at Fuller Theological Seminary, the School of Psychology there. Um, this is a therapy model that was created by Terry Hargrave. He was one of my professors. Um, it works by uh, looking at human beings from the time they're born through their life as creatures who need two primary things. They need a sense that they're loved and lovable, and they need a sense that they're safe mm-hmm. and that relationships are trustworthy. Okay. So everything's based on those two things. The objective for a child growing up in a home is that the answer to that question, am I loved, am I lovable, is yes. Mm. You are precious. You are worthy. You are special. You're the most important thing to us. The answer to the question, hopefully, for a child growing up in a home to am I safe is yes. Mm -hmm. People show up when they say they will. We won't hurt you. You are free to have emotions. You won't get in trouble for that. Um, Things like you'll have food, you'll have water, you'll have protection. Mm -hmm. So physical safety and emotional safety. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, for most of us growing up, we don't receive strong messages of love and safety. And certainly many of my patients don't. Um, And so we react to that situation in one of four ways. So if the child gets the message to the question, am I loved or lovable? It's really a question about identity. Who am I? If the answer is you're not enough, you're worthless, you're not important to me, you don't matter, the the child learns to cope with that by blaming or shaming. Blaming is pointing a finger outwards. It's saying, no, you're the bad one. Mm-hmm. You're awful. Um, that So you might see a bully at school. That, that particular child is dealing with pain by blaming mm-hmm. others. It feels powerful. It feels big when they've been made to feel small. That turns into something as an adult that looks like getting really angry, um, being aggressive, um, being a, f- a fighter, being critical. Um, all of those things fall into the blaming category of how people might deal with pain. The second way is shame. Shame is that pointed finger but turned towards the self. So it's pretty hard for a child to believe that their parents are cruel or mean or not very good. And so often the, the child will point the finger towards him or herself and say, no, actually, I am bad. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm awful. I'm not good. I'm, and this is all subconscious, of course. Mm-hmm. And that coping behavior results um, as an adult in looking like um, um, not being consolable. Um, shame is a very inward reaction. So being withdrawing um, a lot of self-negative talk, kind of whininess or neediness. But so that, that's those two coping mechanisms. 
the uh, the other question of am I safe, right? That's mm-hmm. so safety, trustworthiness, so important. If the answer to the question am I safe is no, two potential ways of coping with that pain because that's scary is to control or escape. Um, control is what it sounds like. It's if your environment is not safe, if the relationships that you're in with people are not safe, then you try to control everything you possibly can to the highest degree that you can. Mm -hmm. So we see that in adults as um, looking like controlling, OCD behaviors, um, being very rigid, unflexible. And then finally escape is sort of succumbing to the fact that, okay, nothing is safe, I'm not safe, hands in the air, whatever, mm-hmm. and just kind of living a life of chaos. That, that chaos is another word that we might use for that type of coping behavior. Um, that could be addiction, um, pornography addiction, substance abuse, um, withdrawing in a different way, withdrawing to avoid conflict or confrontation. It's just a going away. Mm-hmm. So you'll notice that, to, so those four behaviors are blame, shame, control, and escape. You'll notice that two of those are fight responses, blame and control. That's, you're made to feel small because you're made to feel unlovable or unsafe. That person reacts by getting big. Mm-hmm. It's a false bigness, but mm-hmm. it's a fight response. The other two, um, shame and escape, are uh a kind of a turning inward or a going away. Mm-hmm. Um, and freeze is in there too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Freeze kind of falls within that pile, uh, the shame and the escape. None of those coping mechanisms, while they're very useful and protective to the child, because the, the threat of being unloved or unsafe is too big to handle, so they're very self-protective. As an adult... Instead of bringing you closer into relationship, all four of those push relationship Mm -hmm. away. And so the very thing we're wanting when we're really angry or really scared is the very thing we're not going to get Mm -hmm. because of the way we're behaving. Mm -hmm. So that was a really long description. No, that is really an amazing model. I mean, it's very insightful and really helpful. Thank and you. Yeah. It's, thank you for sharing that. I don't know. And I just should say the work we do is in helping people recognize um, the truth about them, mm-hmm. recognize that your your reaction is based on this programmed, this kind of n- neurological path that is so well-worn in your, in your brain mm-hmm. um, And it's based on things that aren't true. Mm Because I'm looking at you, and even if someone told you over and over again, you aren't lovable, Beth, I I know because you're sitting in front of me and you're a human being that you are so lovable, Mm -hmm. so worthy of love, Mm -hmm. so valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, But it takes a while to get that. But once people start realizing, oh, right, Mm -hmm. that's what's true about me. Then they can. Then they have some agency to make a choice about how they want to react or operate with someone they're close to when things get hard. Yeah. No, I find this model very fascinating, especially just being a physical therapist and recognizing how much anxiety and depression really affect a person's body. Uh huh. 
And because of pain, a person, what we might see or what I might see in clinic is a person will avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll avoid the movement. They'll avoid the activity. Um, because just, it hurts when they do it. Because it hurts. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then there's a saying that nerves that fire together wire together. Mm-hmm. So every time you lift your arm and it hurts there's actually this sensitivity that starts happening where it's hard to ever break out of it unless you are really willing to sometimes even go through the pain. You have to. So I'm just curious what that That's a perfect might look like for a marriage and family therapist yeah. talking to a physical therapist about, I mean, we really treat different aspects of, I mean, you're treating the mind, right? I'm treating the body, yet... A lot of the things that you're talking about, I see in practice with people. And we even call it, it really is a knee-jerk reaction. So what happens Mm -hmm. in the brain is you go from zero to 60. The moment that you're threatened um, by some message that you're perceiving that says you're unloved or you're unsafe, the prefrontal cortex stops working and your lizard brain, your uh, amygdala, Amygdala. turns on Mm -hmm. and you no longer are operating from a place of thought, but just reactivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how important truth in the matter is important. And I find myself, most of my treatment or therapy is done in helping a person understand your sh- you have a good shoulder. Mm, like, yes. You have a really good yes. shoulder. Let's move your shoulder. And they might Ugh. say, oh, that hurts. And I'll say, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You're safe here. Mm-hmm. You're safe. Like, let me have your Ugh. arm. Absolutely, Beth. That, I mean, uh, without naming any names or gender or anything, I've, I've worked with people. That's exactly what we're doing. Mm-hmm. You're okay. You're okay. It's okay yeah. mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm to be vulnerable in this mm-hmm. moment, you can choose to do it differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me and us. And I am curious a little bit. So if someone was listening to you and said, oh, that's me, mm. what would you suggest for them to do? Do you mean what do you mean if they were thinking, "Oh, I'm trapped in a cycle of pain." Yes. Where I I feel unloved or unsafe yes. and I'm coping. My this childhood way. was mm-hmm. um, very unsafe and I am now functioning from a place of um reactivity. Reactivity. Yeah. How would you help them or suggest maybe a type of therapy? Yeah. Or how would they get in touch with Honestly, someone? I I mean, I would say don't wait anymore. You deserve and you're worth um, kind of exploring those painful parts of your life because, as you said, it's only by going through it, by mm-hmm. moving through the pain, mm-hmm. that you can be freed of it, that mm-hmm. you can get to the other side. So my first response would be um, find a, a good therapist, mm-hmm. gift yourself with a course of therapy, uh, it doesn't have to be years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you wanted to use this particular model, I would say find a restoration therapist because mm-hmm. they'll be able to walk you through it mm-hmm. in this way. Yeah. Too many of us just get used to it. I wonder if mm-hmm. your patients do that too. Mm-hmm. You just get used to a level of functioning that's really not great. Mm-hmm. But 
it's homeostasis. Sometimes mm-hmm. what's happening is it's so hard to stop that and mm-hmm. go the other way. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine physically or emotionally. Mm-hmm. And to avoid on the surface might appear easier. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, people can live with physical pain. I have people that come in and they say they've had it since they were 20 years old and now they're 60. Yeah. Yeah. Can you help me with that? I know. Yeah. And what's so, I don't know if this happens for you, but in marriages, it's it might have been bad for 10, 15 years. Good enough. I mean, mm-hmm. but not even good enough, like mm-hmm. tolerable. Mm-hmm. And they wait and they wait and they wait to get help. Um, and sometimes it's it's too late. Sometimes, mm-hmm. not always, but sometimes the grooves are the really grooves deep, and the and the injuries yeah. to each mm. other are because it's in relationship. Are in so the, you're wounding yeah. mm-hmm. or have wounded mm-hmm. another individual yeah. by blaming them for years, yes, or escaping or escaping them. into an affair, escaping mm-hmm. into multiple affairs, lying. Yeah. All of those things are are just harder to come back from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not impossible, but yeah. So mm-hmm. that's good. Thank you. So this podcast is about helping people to live strong lives and to be healthy and well. Mm-hmm. And my passion in life is to help people with exercise physically. Yes. And the reason for this is I just want people to be free. You know, to really be free in using their bodies in whatever capacity they want to yeah and to not feel limited yes so i'm curious for you what does it mean for you to be healthy what does that <laughs> look like for you <laughs> so i am probably one of the the least healthy healthy people i don't know i am not a very i don't live very healthily is that fair that's not a real word um, what does it look like to be healthy? For you. Oh, like if you, okay. what is your desire? Because I really think that looks different for everyone. And I don't think we should have a one way, th- you know. Okay. It, it, I hear you. Frame it for yourself. Yeah. Health for me looks different. Health for me looks like getting enough sleep. Mm. I, that's been really important for me. I think particularly with the work that I do. Um, there's a lot of processing that goes on while I'm sleeping. So, I mean, I know I need nine hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. I don't always or usually get that, but I do. In fact, I took a nap before I came here today because (laughs) I didn't have enough sleep last night. So I do prioritize sleep. Um, I try to live a life of moderation. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not particularly picky about what I eat or don't eat, but I think about the quantity that I'm eating or um, if, if my day has been balanced. Um, I do have an addiction to Diet Coke yeah. that I need to get over. <laughs> I'm trying to drink kombucha, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to work. Um, health. I know I should be exercising more. I struggle so much to do that I've definitely seen my body um change not for the better in the last probably four years I would say since I turned about 39 Mm -hmm. um I walk 
Yeah. I walk the That's dog. Good. What else? Health. I mean, so we talk about self-care in the mm-hmm. therapy world. I do things like I get a facial once a mm-hmm. month. I used to get massage once a month. So things like that mm-hmm. um, would probably be part of what I think about when I think about good health. Yeah. Those are really good things. And mm-hmm. just not, I mean, emotional health, not mm-hmm. letting yes. things simmer, mm-hmm. a- addressing issues. Good. Mm-hmm. Moving Towards growth, not staying mm-hmm. stagnant emotionally. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. I'm really good at that. Yeah. I don't know why I can't do that with my body. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, Beth. Do you feel like you understand that to be able to verbalize that as far as what is the block or obstacle or do you just know. not want it that bad? I mean, that is possible, you know. I just am kind of sedentary. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just am. Yeah. I just your like walking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of lazy, physically lazy, mm-hmm. not thinking. I love thinking. Mm-hmm. I love sitting and talking with people. Yeah, you are very good at that. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a magic something that that would get me mm-hmm. more movement, more exercise. Yeah. What's the answer? Well, I am always trying to discover people's motivation because I think we all have a different level or a different motivation. So like for me, I really do want to be strong just to be able to. Why? Like, why do you care? uh, Well, one, I I don't want to get injured. If I go running or I go hiking, I want to prevent any, you know, big muscle soreness or anything that would take me out for, um, you know, a week or two because I hiked up Mount Wilson and I haven't done that in six months, you know, so I try to keep up so that I can keep up. Yes. And, um, you just made me think of, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, you just made me think of, I do know something. I mean, part of why I'm not, I, it's when I got my heart disease Mm. diagnosis, I can't do anything cardio. So like you're saying, Mm -hmm. hiking up Mount Wilson, and my gut response was kind of, kind of annoyed. If I'm being honest, like, Mm -hmm. I I can't do that. So Mm -hmm. what's the point? I think Mm -hmm. that's might be what it is. Mm -hmm. Like, I just give up. Well, I can't do the cool things. Mm -hmm. I can't run a marathon. I can't. So what's the point? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All I need to do is fit into my clothes, and they keep making bigger clothes. So, so that's helpful. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> but do you feel strong? Like, I think that's something that we've talked about. I don't. That you wanted to feel strong. Yeah. No. But I think that's... I'm sorry. Is this, like, becoming the most depressing no, podcast not ever? not at all. Like... No. But it is, I think, really helpful, I think, to understand different people's um, limitations. Yeah. And to be able to talk about those. And and I could be. I mean, I could do strengthening exercises. Mm-hmm. And I have. It, so. You have. Yeah. You did do yeah, one of the 30-day challenge. And how was that for you? It was horrible. Really? <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. The way you set it up is awesome. That part was awesome. But no, I, I really it's don't hard. like exercising. Yeah. <laughs> I just... It hurts yeah. and it's hard and you're like shaking afterwards <laughs> and it all just feels so um 
you know, I'm a nine on the Enneagram, yes. and I'm like uh, conflict avoidant, mm-hmm. really conflict avoidant, and it introduces conflict. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, ugh. You're more aware of your body. It's not peaceful for mm-hmm. me. It's mm-hmm. very, yeah. How did you feel after it? After the whole challenge I was actually, over. I did feel stronger, okay. which was surprising to me. I forgot that my body would respond. Mm-hmm. I wish I got more fired up about that, but that is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I felt stronger and I felt proud of myself just for stinking doing it. Doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for getting through. And I did most of the days. I think I didn't do a couple of days. Yeah. but No, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this is definitely very helpful, and yeah. it is good to kind of get underneath people's motivation or lack lack of it. And I think to continue to talk about it and be willing to be honest with it. And, you know, the day will come maybe that you'll go, you know what, I'm ready for another 30-day challenge, or I'm ready for, yeah. you know, to try, try some strengthening. But I, yeah. Do you get annoyed? I mean, really? What? Not at all. Really? Mm-mm. You don't just sit there and look nope. at me and think, what the? Why don't you just do it, Stephanie? No, no, because we all struggle with it. Okay. I struggle with you it. You do? I don't wake up every morning to do strength. The, okay. Yeah. No, it is hard for me. You like, just do it, Really though. hard. No, I don't do it. Before I started the 30-day challenge, I strength trained maybe once a week. Huh. Yeah. I'm always trying to uncover other people's motivation or ability to be honest and authentic about it. But no, I'll go months without lifting a weight or doing a squat. But I'll keep running. Yeah. I will keep running. But the strength is really hard. Yeah. Because in order to build strength, you have to do a hard activity. There is no other way to get stronger. You're making me laugh because I'm in the car so much, and I just remembered my husband found these two little, like, half-pound weights in the little side pocket. Yeah. He's like, what are these? (laughs) And I was was so desperate to build strength that I thought when I'm at stoplights or something, I could just lift this little half-pound weight. That's awesome. No, it's, well. Do you know a really good exercise? to do when you're at a stoplight what? is to do butt squeezes. <laughs> Have you ever done those before? Okay. Just squeeze your butt together. Let me do. Oh. Just count to five and relax. That's great. Yeah. I could do that. Glutes. That's even sitting. I could do you that could in do therapy, that in except for I might. <laughs> people, people might wonder why I'm rising up and down out of the chair. <laughs> no, but it is a great exercise, like an That's isometric. That's a great idea. And you can do isometric exercises throughout your I'm just going to keep doing it while we're sitting here. (laughs) So I do like that one. Mm -hmm. And the butt, because you sit on it, it like loses circulation because all your weight is on it. So it's really good to just get some blood flow and circulation through your butt (laughs) if you're sitting a lot. I seriously am going to be sitting in session. I'm going to think about you and start and have to hold back laughter. (laughs) you do your isometrics that's great but thank you for sharing your story I really want women to know that the struggle is real and that you're not alone yeah and that I struggle with it too which is why I came up with okay how can I help people with motivation and I thought you know what I'm going to share my struggle and I'm going to create this program to help me 
and then my friends be able to get some strength done every day. You know what's so frustrating is yeah. I'm thinking about how I spend all day long every day kind of wrestling with people, not really, but helping people get connected with the same thing, why they're not doing what they know they should do in relationship, mm -hmm. right? Which right. is believe the truth about yourself mm -hmm. and be someone who's loving and safe to others. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, why can't I do that for myself in this arena, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why can't I? I c and I think you've said this to me before, and it, it's so true. It starts with really loving yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, believing your worthiness, your value, your lovability as a physical body, not just as a head, mm -hmm. um, and that you are worth the time and a little bit of pain and mm -hmm. the struggle struggle of exercising. Um, because I want to live to see my grandbabies yeah. and be able to Pick hold them, them and, and hold them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be able to get out of a chair, yeah. To be able to get off the toilet. I mean, that is is real for some people. They get so weak that they lose, you know, some of those abilities. But yeah, yeah, no, that's it's good. I think just to keep talking about it, keep expressing it, and taking some time just to think about ourselves and how we care for ourselves, like mm -hmm. you do. Mm -hmm. is really important because mm -hmm. as moms we're spending so much time caring because we love it else. too I mean I yeah. love caring for my kids and yeah. my husband but I wonder how much of a priority I put mm -hmm. on myself and mm -hmm. I've been working on that mm -hmm. but it um I would say doesn't come easy because there's just demands I mean it's like the the demands of like what's urgent in the moment and hard to yeah make the priority but thank you for sharing yeah. and telling us about that you're welcome so we've discussed emotional health and physical health and self-care i would like to know how you care for yourself spiritually mm. and if you would be willing to share a little bit about this past year and a half almost two years yeah. Some struggles that you've your family has been through? Sure. So actually, in just a little bit, on September 3rd will be the one-year anniversary that my 11-year-old son received a heart transplant. Wow. Yeah. So we spent most of 2016, 2017 in the hospital at CHLA waiting for him to um, receive a new heart. So. Mm. That was an intense year, mm -hmm. and it's been an intense two years, but um, particularly during that year, I had to kind of fight some some demons and um, find a, a sense of myself and strength that I didn't know was there before just because I had to show up. In the mm -hmm. midst of terror and fear, right? Mm -hmm. um, so that year for you in Children's Hospital, as you reflect on that time, how did you stay in it? Mm -hmm. How did you stay present? How mm -hmm. did 
what gave you that strength? Um, well, I remember, so in the very beginning, I when we learned that my son was so sick, he had been previously totally healthy, as far as mm-hmm. we knew. Um, in the beginning, I kind of fell apart. I mean, I was I was an emotional mess, overrun with anxiety, mm-hmm. like anxiety I've never experienced in my whole life, like a constant panic attack. Wow. <laughs> Just, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I was... Um, you know, constantly going to the bathroom, that's too much information, but just Mm -hmm. all of those systems were on fire. It was bad. Um, And I remember a moment in my living room hallway where I just was like, enough, enough. I can't function like this. I was having to go to the hospital all the time, you know, spend the night there. And I kind of, I don't, I'm, a Christian person. So Mm -hmm. to me, this felt very much like I was in the grips of um, evil. Mm -hmm. And I just said, enough. Like, you can't have me. Mm -hmm. You can't. This is the worst thing you're going to throw at me. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. I'm, I've got God. Mm -hmm. I've got him. Mm -hmm. And that's bigger than anything else. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of a turning point for me. Because I wasn't, before I was like succumbing, I was doing the shame escape, right? I was succumbing to this terror. And in that moment, I said, no, I'm not Mm going to do that. And I, but that was only possible because I had by that point, like, completely surrendered to the fact that I had no control over Mm -hmm. my life, over what was going to happen to my son, Mm-hmm. over how long we were going to be in the hospital, whether William was going to live or die. Mm-hmm. I had nothing, no control over that, but it was still okay. Mm-hmm. It was still okay because I knew um, God was with us, with our family, and that he would protect William mm-hmm. and our and us, and he mm-hmm. did, and he did. Mm-hmm. So that was a very rich spiritual time for me. I... I was journaling a lot. I had to close my practice. Mm-hmm. I couldn't work. I couldn't hold other people's pain <laughs> and my own. Um, so I journaled a lot. Um, I, I, not to sound cheesy, you know, but I felt like Jesus sat by me a mm-hmm. lot during that time. Literally mm-hmm. on the little parent bed, he sat next yeah, to me a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Oddly enough, I was someone who dealt with anxiety before this happened, Mm. this whole thing with my son, and now I have zero. Wow. Like, like weirdly zero. Like, I'm doing things that would normally have made me feel pretty anxious, like this podcast. Yes. And I'm not. Wow. I just am not anymore. That's amazing. But maybe that's perspective, too. Like, Mm -hmm. what what else can you throw at me, right? It seems like you were thrown into the worst pain ever possible. And you... Yes. Went through it. Yes. And you came out the and other I, side. We're still here. I mean, you're still here. We're and alive. You, and Yes. Yeah. And you're going to celebrate. We are. It's yeah. going to be really special. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Uh, what would you say you learned about yourself going through that experience? The, the time in the hospital mm-hmm. waiting with William. Um hmm. 
I learned that I am a really, really strong person. Yeah. I can say that. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that I can take pretty difficult situations and find some light in them. Mm. And not like not like um fake light, but real goodness. There was mm-hmm. so much goodness in this mm-hmm. very difficult challenging time. Mm-hmm. And we really have a choice. Amazing. You know, we really have a choice. What are we going to see? Are mm-hmm. we going to see the kindness of all the nurses and how well loved and cared for we were? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to see uh, how unfair it is that this mm-hmm. has to be happening or that my son has to be in the hospital? Or it, That's right. You choose which we one. You always have a choice. You always have a choice. Mm-hmm. So I guess I learned that too. Yeah. Yeah, I see you as a very strong person. I really do. I mean, what you went through and there's one other thing I learned, Beth. And I, um, you, I don't know if I could have really known that strength until this really mm-hmm. hard thing happened, right? Yeah. How do you know? You kind of like theoretically think, "Oh, I'm a strong person," mm-hmm. but you don't really know until mm-hmm. you go through something challenging. It doesn't have to be a heart transplant, mm-hmm. but something significant. I think really um, makes that come alive. But the other thing that I learned was how important it is to have a network of people in your life who love you and who you love. So there, I want to say that to any woman listening. Mm -hmm. Don't wait now. Connect with those friends that you have that are precious, Mm -hmm. that love you and that you love. Um, Create that community around you Mm -hmm. because that's what kept my husband and I alive or afloat my that mm-hmm. it was because we had so many good friends like you um and other a million mm-hmm. others a million others uh, yes. luckily that um mm-hmm. that things were okay and not everybody has that mm-hmm. but you could mm-hmm. you could have that yeah but it yeah yeah how important and that's within that your is. reach mm-hmm. i mean you can do that yes make friends yes <laughs> yes yeah but like working out, you have to call people. You have to call people. <laughs> you have to Might show kinda, up and do stuff for others. Kind of hard. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that's just interesting that as we talk that we're coming to a very hard story. Yeah. And you and have to what, ask for help. Yeah. That's really hard. It's, it was for me. Yeah. I, um, but to allow people to be a part of your journey was life-changing for us watching. I mean, we were watching you feeling like you did such a good job keeping us all a part of will's journey and we're all like in tears thinking well i mean it just brings me to tears yeah yeah yeah. so thank you for joining me on this balance by beth podcast and so grateful for you and your life and how you are loved and um thank you for talking just about emotional health physical health spiritual health and our friendship thank you beth it's so great balanced by beth is a podcast to inspire women to live strong The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personal medical advice. 